thank God for and be thankful for. It's time to start talking about something that we've been, I've been longing for. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. We've discussed and learned about uh, salvation and earning our eternal rewards, what heaven's going to be like, but guess what? We ain't there yet. And so there's work to be done here on this earth. And in order to do that work, we can go through the motions, in order, but in order to do that work, we need the Holy Spirit to come in and lead us and guide us and take control. My prayer is that when we get done with this, and I don't know how long I'm going to preach on this. I mean, I'm not going to go over today, trust me. But I don't know. But this is something God has really been putting on my heart. And can I just tell you, we need Him. I went to revivals this week, and it was good. But it wasn't what we used to see. Not when I first got saved. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You were there, it was good, but it wasn't what we used to see. And I'm not trying to go backwards. I don't want, I don't want you to go there. I've been spending five years telling you don't live in the past. But sometimes we need to remember some things. You can't recreate a moment with God because it becomes about the recreation rather than what He's doing. But don't forget that he is still on the throne and he still is all powerful. Amen? He is all powerful. And we need the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us every step of the way, every day. The Bible tells us that and I'm hoping and praying that we can get that through this uh, next this week, next week maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't really don't know. Pentecost Sunday's coming up on May the fifteenth, so who knows? I don't know what God's got in store. I'm trying to be a, a humble servant and follow His lead. But I want to talk to you this morning, and we're first going to. I want you to just find Luke twenty four and Acts one. And by the way, they're right there together. You like turn the page and you're there. Or past John. You got to go past John. I'm sorry, but you're at the very end of Luke. And then we're going into John. If that's you stick your finger in there. But if I ask a lot of people who the disciples were or who the apostles were, a lot of people will say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, Mark and Luke weren't. In fact, Luke, Luke just wrote an account after he went and interviewed. I don't know, maybe he was like uh, Lee Strobel and he just had some questions and he started questioning all these people that walked with Jesus and he found out these stories and he recorded them as the Lord led him. Now, we've got to go back and do this every week. These words are inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is the Word of God. It's not just Paul's opinion. It's not Luke's opinion. It is from heaven. Amen? So 
When we do that, it keeps us from going to a lot of places of trying to read things in or take things out so that it fits. Science does stuff like that, and they've been having to do some changing because they can't figure out how stuff works. So they say, well, here's a theory, maybe this, and they plug it in, and before long, 40 years down the road, it is now, it's etched in stone that it's not just theory, but it's fact, and that it's not fact. Do you understand what I'm saying? And therefore, what it does is it throws the end game off. That's what I'm talking about. So if we say this is the Word of God, then we can't be changing it. Let me give you another one, and you've heard me say this before. Where the Bible doesn't say anything about it, neither should we. We don't need to be reading stuff in to make it work. We need to be learning from the Holy Spirit so we can figure out why it is. We don't have to add stuff to make it work. No better than you can come into the church and you can try to act out a certain way. You can't make the Spirit of God move except by worshiping Him, period. You can't make Him move on your behalf except by asking Him. And then it has to be about His will. His will may be no. The answer is no. So I want us to know that as we get ready to move forward in this. But in Luke, well, let's finish up with Luke. Luke wrote the book of Luke, and then he goes and he does Luke 2, which is the book of Acts. And so he's telling us about the early church age. He's giving us the recordings there. So he was there, he was writing it down, and he was given what God told him to get. So he finishes off in the book of Luke, and he says, Behold, in verse 49, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That is a huge statement, isn't it? This is Jesus talking to the disciples, and he told them, Behold, any time you see behold in the Bible, pay attention, because Jesus was like snapping his fingers, and everybody quiet, listen to what I'm telling you, hang on every word because it's important. And so he says, Behold, I send the promise. Now, these guys had followed Jesus. Peter, who was Mr. Mouth, Peter was all gung-ho for Jesus while Jesus was standing there. He's kind of like the little kid that runs around with the bully in school. He talks just like he does, but when the bully ain't there, he gets scared and he can't do anything. You know what I'm talking about? That's how Peter was. I'm going to stand by you until death, Jesus. As long as Jesus was there, he could say that. And he had that kind of boldness. As a matter of fact, he cut a fellow's ear off the night they arrested Jesus. As long as Jesus was there. But when Jesus was bound up and he was being tried, Peter cursed and lied and said he didn't know the man. So you see, there was something about Peter that he needed more. He had spent three and a half years walking with Jesus. He had, he had preached and saw miracles happen. Sometimes they did things and they had to go to Jesus because they just weren't spiritually strong enough for it to happen. But nonetheless, he'd been there. Three and a half years he had walked with him. But yet, at the end of the day, when it got to the end there, he lost that boldness. Okay? That's who Peter was. As a matter of fact, that's who they all were because the night he got arrested, they scattered like cockroaches in a kitchen when the lights come on. 
they get gone every which way. And there's a reason for that. He told these guys, he appeared to them in Jerusalem for 40 days. And a matter of fact, he didn't spend the entire 40 days with them. He spent some time with them, but he was seen throughout the temple and throughout the city, so there was a witness to other people. What did Peter and John do during some of this time? They did what many people do when they get saved. They start losing that enthusiasm. Because that human enthusiasm will not last. And they, they went back to work. They went back fishing. They were gung-ho for Jesus. They laid their lives down for Jesus. And after three and a half years... He'd already been crucified. He'd been resurrected. He had, they'd seen him. He even came in a room and said, All right, Thomas, you can touch the scars in my hand so that you'll know. But yet, they weren't doing anything. They went back fishing. They didn't know what to do. And it's just like us when we get saved. I'm taking you to a place this morning, and I'm going to hit this from a different perspective. And I'll probably hear some heat, but that's okay. I don't care. It's all right right because it's true. Having the Holy Spirit indwell in you is more than speaking in tongues. It's more than prophesying. That shows us that it's there, that it happens. Initially, they spoke in tongues. Now, Paul, who was called Saul, he made a bold statement. And once again, it's not just Paul saying it. it was in the, it's in the Bible. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. Oh, boy, just who do you think you are, Paul? He didn't say it. God did. If it's in the Bible, we can't question it. Therefore, what he said was true. Otherwise, it never made the pages of the Bible. Can I ask you when his conversion moment was that he received the Holy Ghost? When Ananias prayed for him, what did it say? Scales fell from his eyes. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. Did you say anything about him speaking in tongues? You saying, oh, no, preacher, where are you going? Where are you going, preacher? I know what you're thinking. But I want you to look at this from a different perspective. And I know this probably ain't going to go well, but you know what? I've been doing a whole lot of stuff for five years that don't go well, but I've been following Jesus. He's been doing some work. He's been doing some very close inside work I can't even tell you about because people ain't ready for it to be known. But I want to tell you this. I believe in being baptized with the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. I do because it's in the Bible. However, we don't see that happening with Paul, but yet he did make a statement later on. He says, I speak in tongues more than you all. But I don't want you to look at the Holy Spirit about being just this. 
because I've been in some services where the Holy Ghost is moving and people speaking in tongues and all kinds of things going on and everybody left feeling good and by Tuesday they weren't. By Tuesday they weren't. Five years later, ten years later, what's going on? What happened? I want you to look at this from a different perspective. You see... In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. You see, the day that you got saved was the day that the Holy Spirit was doing a work that only he could do. Super preacher couldn't get it done. Preacher that stuttered too bad couldn't get it done. Moses couldn't get it done. No, it was the Holy Spirit that got you to the place that you're at now. He brought the perfect conviction. He brought you to the place that you make the decision. And while that says He's in you, that's how you made that decision for Christ. I want to ask you this question. You have Him. If you're saved, you have Him. But I want to ask you, does he have you? You see, we were worshiping Jesus this morning. And we don't need some super singer. We don't need lights bouncing off of the things. We don't need acoustic guitars and electric guitars, drums or pianos to worship our God. It comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't say this keeps the Spirit down. This keeps the Spirit down. No, if He's in you and if He has you, then we're going to give Him worship. Right now is a good time to follow Him. Now is a good time to follow Him. You see, it's not about just standing up occasionally and want to raise a hand and say, well, I still got a little bit of the hope. No, does He have you? You see, these guys didn't know what to do because they were following Jesus and now he tells them, he says, go to Jerusalem and wait. Terry means to wait. Until you're endued from power on high. That word endued means that you put a coat on. The the guys, y'all might want to dub this part, but that's all right. Them guys that run around putting on vests and blowing people up, that's kind of what they have. They got a coat of dynamite, dunamis, power, to have that power from God, to be clothed with it. You see, they were saved. They knew who he was, but there was something more that needed to come because he promised. Now, we can't deny that that's in the Bible, can we? And today, we're having problems in churches simply because the Holy Spirit ain't allowed to move. He's not allowed. Now, I've told you before, I've seen a lot of fake. I have seen a lot of fake. Not long ago, we had a guy in this church that was full of bourbon and not the Holy Spirit. What bothered me was that spirit-filled people said, that guy's full of the Holy Ghost. No, he wasn't. He was full of bourbon. There is a difference. He knew how to act it out. He knew how to play the game. But I'm talking about power. When you're endued with power on high, he's not giving a language lesson. He's giving a power lesson. That's what he's talking about. You stay here until you receive the promise. They weren't going anywhere anyway. They didn't know what to do. Our Lord has been 
crucified. Yes, he's raised from the dead, and he tells us to stay here and wait. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. It says, and being assembled together with them. Stop right there. Being together assembled with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Is it very possible that maybe Jesus was right there in that upper room saying, just wait? I got to go, and what the Father's going to send is going to be awesome. But you just wait. You can't do the ministry until he is calling the shots. You just wait. You see, you can preach. You can preach without the leading of the Spirit. You can know the words, but is it going to do any good? It might. The Word of God still is powerful, but it doesn't have the same power and the same weight as when he's doing it. You can lay hands on people and pray for them, but if you don't believe in the power of the Spirit, you're probably not going to lay hands on people and pray for them because you don't believe it. But if you do, it's not going to be the same as if it's him that's leading it. That's the question. You have the Spirit if you're saved, but my question is, does the Spirit have you? I can ask myself that every day. Am I following him? He told them, he said, but wait in Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put on on his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You hear those words, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in where? Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. They couldn't do the work that needed to be done until they were empowered. I need us, we need to understand that. We can come up with all the best Sunday schools. We can come up with all the best of this and the that and the everything. But without the power of the Spirit, it's not going to do anything. It, it'll, it'll do a little bit of something, but it ain't going to be nearly what it is when he's around. When he's calling the shots. You see, that's what I'm looking for, Brother Eddie. I'm looking for those spirit kinds of times. I'm looking for that we're not afraid. You see, the thing is, is these miracles. He told them that they would be in Jerusalem. Where did they first start doing it at? When the day of Pentecost came, what, where they? they were in Jerusalem. What happened? 3,000 souls were saved. What happened? Well, uh, that's when the Holy Ghost fell on them and they spoke with other tongues and the people heard them in their own language. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it was the prayer language, but can I tell you something, folks? You can learn a new language. Pastor Charlie, he's very good at Spanish and English. English was first. But without the Holy Spirit, he can preach all he wants to. His heart falls out. He's speaking another language, but what does that mean? You can learn another language. I told you about the time I went to with Sweetie and the kids that were going to her mom's or something. This was years ago, me and Jean and Josh and some others. Charlie, you might have been with her. We went down to a Spanish camp. 
And I remember praying that night. They, they, they preached in Spanish. And they sent somebody back there to interpret for us. And whenever they was, got done preaching, they had an altar service. These people had rented the campground down here. We went up after a Wednesday night service. And they opened the altar up, and, man, all these kids just went flooding in. Hispanic and black kids. There weren't any white kids that I can remember seeing there. But they were in church. And so I went up to go pray. I mean, I'm thinking, all right, what good am I going to do? Because I can't speak anything. But I can pray. I can't even ask a fellow, what do you need prayed for? Because he ain't going to understand me asking him. And then if he does and he tells me and he can't speak English, I ain't going to understand it anyway. But we went and we prayed. And I can tell you this, and I don't say this boastfully. Because you know how I feel about that. I don't want any fake stuff going on. The fake stuff is what runs people off. The fake stuff is why a lot of people say this ain't real. I'm talking about power. I'm talking about power because, see, when you see power, whenever you have healing happen in your house, you know that God showed up. And you don't care if the guy was speaking Portuguese or some kind of prayer language or English. All you know is God touched me. And when these guys went out teaching and preaching with the power, there was something else that was happening. Well, we prayed that night, and I remember I spoke in a prayer language. It wasn't Spanish. You know, there's a lot of Spanish people in Prince William, and we were arrested. And I knew Spanish enough to know what it sounded like. Couldn't speak it. But I know that something happened, and I know this, that this young man got up after the service when we were outside, and he started speaking to me in Spanish, and I can't understand a word he's saying, but I know he was bawling like a baby when we prayed. But all I know is that somebody came and sat down with us for several, about an hour or so that night, and we talked, and they explained, and they said, you know, you told him about all these things he was going to do if God didn't do something in his life when he got back to New York. He's going to kill himself. And apparently, I had told him things that he already had on his mind that only him and God would know about. Now, you can write that off if you want, but for me, it's real. And we did it through an interpreter. I spoke something, but he heard what he heard. We just had a testimony ha that happened when we were in Paraguay by Dan. You remember this, Charlie? We were coming home from Cucuo. And he's telling about this lady that had gotten sick. And this just, just, it just done something for my spirit because it reminded me of what happened 10 years ago. She's sick. Her husband's out of town. She speaks no Spanish. He does. They go in. The doctor's needing to give her some medicine. Basically, he gets on the phone. The guy talks to him, tells him to do what he can because she's like out of it, big time out of it. And do what you need to do. Follow, you know, that, do it. Well, the thing is, is the bottom line is, is she started getting better. And when she started getting better, her and this doctor's been carrying on conversations. And this doctor tells this man, when he gets back, I didn't know your wife spoke such good Spanish. He says, she don't. But they were able to communicate with her speaking English. He heard Spanish. Him speaking Spanish, she heard English. And they were able to communicate. You understand what I'm talking about? That's real stuff. You don't forget that. If you're involved in that, you don't forget that. You know that God has the power. You know that God has the way. I still, when I was in Nepal and India, when I was in, in, in Paraguay, I was still praying, Lord, 
give me the language so I can talk with these people. He did it through translators. And I still believe with all of my heart that someday I can experience that. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. Nobody's going to tell me they've studied it far enough to say that it's changed. Do you know that the book of Acts has not ended yet? The church age is still happening. You're not adding to, but in a way we are with our testimonies. And so he told these guys, he says to them, you wait until you're endued with power because if you ain't, the world's going to chew you up. You're not going to make a hill of beans difference for the kingdom until you are endued with power. These are the guys that put their hands in the bowl with Jesus whenever they were eating at the Last Supper. These are the guys that patted him on the back. They felt his sweaty back when they're walking up and down places. These are the guys that had him kneel down and wash their feet. They knew him very, very well, and yet he said, you guys just sit back because you can't do anything, and you wait. You wait. You've got to have something more. You've got to have something more. Now, if you don't think I'm right on this, the Holy Spirit is the working agent. You remember in Genesis, the Bible says, well, I just drew a blank. Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, no, that was John. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now you think I made a mistake, it's to the same fellow that was there in John. It's the same wording, basically. Jesus was there. Jesus was there. And whenever he wanted to do something, whenever what hoovered over the, the waters, what separated the waters from the waters? The Spirit of God. Holy Spirit was there, folks. God said, let there be light. Holy Spirit lit the match. God said, let there be water. Holy Spirit made it happen. That's how it works. He's been there all along. Whenever the Hebrew children got backed into a corner, why? The Spirit of God had led them into the corner when they were getting away from Egypt. And the Red Sea is there. What does the Bible say? It says an east wind came all night and separated the waters. The Holy Spirit was there. It was Him that separated the waters. It was Him that dried the ground out that they walked across on dry ground. It was Him that stopped when God said stop and it destroyed Pharaoh's army. It was Him that was doing the work and to belittle Him and to say that He ain't real is a big, big mistake. Big mistake. It was him. He did it. Now I'll ask you the question again. I don't want to know if you're speaking in tongues. If you've had that, my initial moment happened on a beach at 2 o'clock in the morning on the Outer Banks. There wasn't nobody else around to see that. And I've had some moments before, but I'm not that impressed with it. I'm impressed when, when, when the Spirit of God sets somebody free from something that's bonded them and got them just beat down. That's what I'm impressed with. And yes, it might take somebody speaking in tongues and an interpretation coming. It might take that. But He knows what's best, not you and me. 
because he has to lead us. So if you're saved, you've got the Spirit of God. Otherwise, in Romans says you ain't his. But I want to ask you, does he have you? Does he have you? You see, there was a little guy by the name of Philip. And he's not much well known as one of the disciples, right? You don't hear much about him. He brought his brother there. But he's kind of the back scenes fella. He ain't out on center stage. He's over here doing something or sitting on the back row praying or whatever. He's not out in the front. But he came in, and there was a guy in the book of, uh, book of Acts chapter 8, and he goes out, and after he's filled, something happens. You see, a boldness happens is what happens. You see, it's miraculous things. It don't have to be that you lift cars up or that you mind make cars get off of people if they fall. no. What matters is, does the Spirit have you, Brother Eddie? It's whenever the Lord says, go and, and drive up to Sammy's and tell him about Jesus. And your flesh says, I've been 50 times, and he about beat me to death last time I was there. And he says, no, I need you to go. That's the difference of whether he had you or not. When he says, let's lay hands on somebody and pray for them, you and I all know, I mean, let's get straight. Let's talk real, can we? There are no power in these hands. No preacher walking the face of this earth. There are no power in his hands. It's from God. And when the Holy Spirit says pray, you put your hands on and you pray. If he says pour a whole bottle of oil over the head, don't you worry about the church getting mad and him getting mad because you mess up his best suit. No, you do what the Spirit of God says. Right? Because Moses, remember, he tapped a rock. And then he went back and tapped it again, and God told him not to, and he got in trouble. He never got to see the promised land. Why? Because he didn't listen to the Spirit of God. He didn't do what God told him. I'm asking you that question, does the Spirit of the Lord have you? It's a miracle when you step out of your comfort zone. It's a miracle whenever you look to your friends and say, I don't do that no more. I don't go there. I'm going to hang out with you, and I'm going to love on you, and I'm going to give you everything you need, but guess what? I'm not going there where I've been going with you before. It ain't happening because I got Jesus. And now the Holy Spirit is inside of me and he's telling me no and I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to pray for you. That is the difference of whether you have the Spirit or not. If you got the Spirit of God in you, you're plumb full of love. And, we, I, you know, we're going to do this next week too, I think. I think we need to go next week. We've we got some more to talk about. You see, when the Holy Spirit's inside of you, there ain't nothing but love. What does the book of 1 Corinthians talk about? It's the love chapter. If I have all these things, if I have not love, I am nothing. And though I speak in tongues of angels and I do all these things, but if I have not love, I am just as a, a clanging song, a, a gong and cymbal. That's what the Bible says. If I do all these things and I have not love, guess what? You can't have that agape love, that God love unless the Holy Spirit puts it there. Whenever that God love comes in, we don't sit and talk about one another. When that God love comes in, we don't get our feelings hurt. When that God love comes in, we come into church and we meet at the altar till it gets taken care of. When that God love comes in, we ain't looking at the clock at the end of Sunday. We're taking care of business that God wants done. When that God love, when the Holy Spirit comes in, we're doing about His business. Amen? 
That's what we're talking about. When the God love is there, whenever the Holy Spirit is there, we have those hard conversations. We have them. We don't want to do it. That's why you know that the Spirit has you because you don't want, I don't want to offend Him. I don't want to ruin this relationship. Me and Sweetie, we married. And these things we got to talk about. And if the Holy Spirit is there, you talk about it. If He ain't, you don't. You have that conversation, and then you let Him do His work. Charlie, you're getting ready to get married. Keep the Holy Spirit in the middle between you and the body. Because He's got to have rule. Because if He ain't got rule, there's going to be trouble. Philip, let me get back to him. I'll go off on a tangent real quick. Philip, chapter 8 of Acts. It tells you in the first part there, it says that there was a fellow by the name of Saul. They had just murdered Stephen and they had burned him and it says that they were, I'm ad-libbing it so y'all just kind of bear it with me. That the people were scattered and they went throughout Judea and Samaria and all these different places. Well, Philip, he goes down to Samaria. It's very possible, and like I said, when the Bible's silent on it, we need to be silent on it. Don't be reading into it. But it tells about Saul being there, and it's a good possibility. They'd already said, you Christian people, don't be coming down here, because we'll kill you. Now, this guy who you didn't hear anything about through the, <laughs> the Gospels, all of a sudden now he's full of the Spirit. And now where is he going? He's going to Samaria. He's going down to the people that nobody likes, the half-breeds. And he's taking what? The gospel. I picture in my mind it's a good possibility that Paul might have been there, but Philip didn't care. Lord told me to do it. Here I am. You're going to kill me? Okay, that's fine, but he, only if he says so. You're going to take me? Only if he says so. You see, that's how you walk about with the Spirit. That's how you walk about and a lot of fear goes away when the Holy Spirit has you. Because you know who's in control. Oh, we're gonna, eh, we don't, Philip, we're going to get rid of you. We don't like you, Philip. We don't want you down here telling about this Jesus. Get, Philip, we don't like No, what does God say about it? That's the question. What does he say? Because this Holy Spirit-filled man, he showed up. Good thing he did. Let's read a little bit of it. So, he's led by the Spirit. He goes down into hostile territory. And we know in verse 1 that Saul was somewhere around in that neighborhood. Let me find what I'm wanting to write. I'll just read it all. Now Saul was consenting to his death at the time great, time great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles and devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him as for Paul he made havoc of the church entering every house and dragging off men and women committing them to prison therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word they went preaching the word everybody not just the pastors it was everybody it was the believers telling somebody then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them and the multitudes 
With one accord he did the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, now folks, when the Holy Spirit is calling the shots, you see these kinds of things happening. Okay? That's what Ken's praying for. I don't know about the rest of the preachers around, but we ain't hearing a whole lot of stuff, are we? We're hearing about some kind of somethings, but we ain't hearing where these things are being ripped from people. He said, For unclean spirits, crying with loud voices, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. God was doing something all because the Holy Spirit had a hold of Philip. Not vice versa. He was pushing him. He led him there. And there was great joy in that city. You know what? When the Holy Spirit's causing the shots, there's going to be some great joy. When the Holy Spirit is leading us down the roads we're to be going on, there's going to be some great joy. Amen? Now, I've got to ask you again. If you're not getting excited, I'm going to ask you the question, does the Holy Spirit have you? I'm not caring about your prayer language right now. I'm talking about, does he have you? Okay. Ooh. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is, is the great power of God. They didn't even know. All they saw was some great power. Obviously, it had to be of God. But it wasn't. It was sorcery. And they heeded him because he astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Can I tell you this? You can be astonished by people. You can be astonished by the devil. You better know who is performing in front of you. That's what you better know. And the only way you're going to know that is if the Holy Spirit has you. That's right. That's right. Is if he, he has you. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself, the sorcerer now, Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Simon the sorcerer is now saved. You with me on this? He has the Spirit, otherwise he wouldn't be saved, according to what we read back in Romans. Now, let's just keep going. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. What? Well, that's what the Bible says. These guys are saved, but they're praying that they will receive something more. Jesus said, you stay right where you're at until you receive something more. Huh. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. Who had not fallen upon none of them? The Holy Ghost. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw 
that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. He knew there was some power there. He offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God would be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. He's saved, but his heart is not right in the sight of God. Therefore, he can't get what he's wanting. And he even tried to buy it, and they said, you can't. Why, why, why? Let's go to the next verse. Repent of your wickedness and pray. Nope. Yeah, repent, therefore, of your wickedness and pray. God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, for I see. Now, how did he see? This is a guy who denied Jesus that night when he was being crucified, and now all of a sudden he's getting up in a fellow's face and giving him some truth that he ain't wanting to hear, but he's needing to hear. It's because that he has the Holy Spirit leading him. That's how this happens. He says, for I see you are poisoned with bitterness. And bound by iniquity. Bitterness will keep you to a place. I don't care what you do. The Holy Spirit is not going to dwell there. He ain't going to lead it. He ain't going to stick his name on it. He's only going to testify of Jesus. And when bitterness comes inside of us. And bitterness is what's rolling us. We can have all the God talk and the church talk we want. But I can tell you now that it is not coming from God. Because the Holy Spirit according to this will have no part with it. Now, we don't know if he got, got, got what he needed to have. But whenever you get out of the comfort zone, that's when the Holy Spirit is calling the shots. He's leading you. You know, when you're inside your house and you just got this feeling that something's going on. You know, normally I wouldn't go to my daughter's room or to my son's room or to my kids' one of my, one of my kids' rooms. Normally I might not would do that. Maybe I won't step out of that, but you know when the Holy Spirit has you, you walk up inside of there and you start rebuking those demons that are there. You start walking in there and saying, you know what, pornographic demon? You don't belong here. You belong in the abyss, and I bind you in the name of Jesus, and out you go. You don't come into my house. You don't come after my children. You don't try to tear them down. You don't come after my wife. You don't come after my church friends. You don't come after my brothers and sisters. That's what we do. When the Holy Spirit is there. You understand what I'm talking about church? There is a battle going on and it won't be fought the right way unless the Holy Spirit has you. And it's as simple as one day he says just raise your hand a little bit and pray. I ain't doing that. They'll look at me. He don't have you. If you ain't going to do that you won't witness for Jesus. Can I tell you that? Ken, that's too hard. I can't help it. It is what it is. And we need to know it. And we need to step out of our comfort zones and let the Spirit use us. Right? You see, whenever, whenever we're raising up these children and whenever the... Oh, it takes all of us to work. It takes all of us to do because there's something you can do, something you can do that God has just laid aside for you. Preacher can go do it all he wants, but God says that's not what my plan is. My plan is, is that you go so that now I can take you somewhere. You understand? 
Does that make sense what I'm talking about this morning? I asked you that question, and that's for you to answer. I can't answer it for you. By the way, there's nobody else sitting here who can answer it for you. Does the Holy Spirit have you? I think we need to go on with this message later on, next week maybe. Because there's so much more to talk about. In, in Acts 19, Paul must have seen this because he went back in Acts 19 and did the same thing. Somewhere around the first part of Acts 19, he goes to these people and he says, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you were saved? They said, We ain't even heard of such a thing. Well, how was you baptized? Well, we was baptized with John's baptism. Well, he baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost fell on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. You can't take it away. You can't take it away. Does the Holy Spirit have you, Danny? Do you witness to your friends? Do you tell that hard word that needs to be told to somebody? Do you do that? Do you follow him? Does he have you? That's the question. Oh, I'm saved. You're saved. Well, we're going, okay. Sometimes maybe we're doing some things and dealing with some things in our lives because God's trying to wake us up. You ever think of that? Trying to wake us up. So the same God who has kept you built up, he's still the same today. The question is, does he have you? Does the same spirit that had you built up, does he still have you? I was laying awake last night thinking about this and thinking about that night on the beach. I told Sweetie about it after it happened. The Lord woke me up that night. Because I'd been asking. I wasn't taking somebody's word for it, and I didn't quite understand it in here. I knew enough that I'm not taking somebody's word for it. I've got to answer to Jesus someday. And using somebody else's lies or false truths or mis misguidance, maybe it's just ignorance. It's not for me. Now, that's just how I'm wired. I'm going to read it, and I hope I can get it, and if I can, then that's how it's going to be. That's what we're going to go with. And I, I was just been praying and praying and praying about that in that night. Lord woke me up. We've been playing in the water all day. I was wore out, but the Lord woke me up that night and told me to go out on the beach, and I did. And I'll never forget it. Now, has he always been able to keep a hold of me? Let's all be honest. We're in church. No. No. These times I've said things I shouldn't have said because the old flesh guy came out and anger came out all that, no, he didn't have me then. But that's the kind of thing we've got to have him for. Because see, when the world sees us being just like the world, that's why, we, that's why the churches are empty. That's why the church don't mean anything. It's just my checkoff. If I've got something else to do, then I'm not. You don't have to be in church to be saved, but Jesus died for the church. It must mean something. Am I right on that? means something because the spirit ain't leading he's not even allowed to move in a lot of places I've never told you you can't move here I have told you this if it's fake and the Lord leads me to it I will let you know about it because he put me as pastor here and if that ends next week then, it, then that part of me ends but otherwise why would I do that why because the Bible tells us we're supposed to do this teaching and we're supposed to have it for correction we've got the word that's why we have apostles pastors and teachers, right? Evangelists, so that we can be taught. 
But when we can't be taught, I promise you this, the Holy Spirit don't have you. And he don't have me. When I can't listen to him to correct him. Amen. Amen. Well, you can go home. We're done. <laughs> Until next week. And I don't know, maybe we'll go further with this, but ask yourself this question. Does the Holy Spirit have me? And I'm going to ask you, they're going to put some music on, and I want you to ask yourself this question. Do you want the Holy Spirit to have you? Come and pray. Because that's the only way it's going to happen. You've got to ask Him. By the way, the Bible talks about supplication and praying like that, right? Supplications. Do you realize that is fervent prayer? Lord, search me and see if there's any wicked way in me. Because I need you, Holy Spirit, to lead me. No games, no gimmicks. No, I need you to lead me. Maybe I need to go and see my mom and dad today. And I need to tell them about Jesus. Maybe I need to call up my cousin. But I just don't have that in. I haven't talked to them in a long while. We didn't, the last time we talked, it wasn't so great. But they need Jesus. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been knocking on your heart's door for that long. And it's getting so faint you can't even hear it. Because we don't, you don't have us. Does that make sense, church? Usually a Holy Ghost message means shouting and running the aisles. But it doesn't mean anything if you don't have it. We can take off running. We can put the right kind of sense of mood. Use the right kind of verbiage and the right kind of lilt in the voice, right? You can sing happy birthday and have everybody joining in with you and smiling by the end of it. And it's nobody's birthday. It's not emotional. It's real. We could do that. But what good does that do you whenever you face a bottle of beer in the refrigerator? drugs under the seat of the car or the man or the woman you're going to go meet behind your spouse's wife what does that mean to you and it happens folks it happens and it gives Jesus' kingdom a bad black eye it gives the church a black eye does the Holy Spirit have you that's not your question to ask anybody else and to say, yes, he does, and no, he don't. No, that's my question to answer for me. It's not my question to answer for you. That's your question. Does he have you? Come forward and pray now. If you'd like to just have a closer walk with Jesus, if you'd like for the Holy Spirit to be leading you and guiding you, you know, whenever he has us, we might have to do some apologizing. When he has us, 